Pizza City is brought to you in part by United Healthcare. How crazy is it to think you can actually have your insurance company pay you to walk? United Healthcare isn't crazy. They just want you to be healthy. One of their programs is called United Healthcare Motion, where members can earn more than a thousand bucks a year toward their health reimbursement account just for walking. If your company works with United Healthcare, ask your friendly HR person about their programs. And if not, go tell them to switch today. Go to uhc.com slash Illinois Motion to get more information. United Healthcare, a proud supporter of the Illinois Restaurant Association and committed to your good health. All of these people love this thing that we don't even eat. You know, and they're calling it Chicago and celebrating my city, but eating something that truly we don't really eat coming from Chicago, whether it's the suburbs or the city. A Chicago native who grew up on the thin, square-cut, tavern-style pies of his childhood moves to Denver and misses his childhood pizza. What do you do? Well, if you're Jared Leonard, you open a pizzeria with a strong Chicago accent in one of the hippest parts of town, a mile-high education about what Chicago style truly means. The story of Grabowski's straight ahead. I need a deep dish sausage and a thin pepperoni for here. This is Pizza City, the podcast dedicated to the art, craft, and passion behind some of the world's greatest pizzas. I'm Steve Dolinsky, author of Pizza City USA and founder of Pizza City USA Tours in Chicago. And welcome to the show, everybody, this week. Great to have you along. Um, Fun show this week in Denver where I haven't been in many years. Uh, My brother went to college out there at DU. And we used to go skiing when we were kids. I certainly don't remember the pizzas, uh, but there's a guy out there now making Chicago style, that is tavern style, thin pizza. And we're going to get to that today. I want to talk first of all about a couple of pizzas I had last week. I was on vacation and I was up in Canada and I had a couple of good pizzas. One at Vesta in Montreal. Uh, This is uh, Michele Forgione. He's got um, Impasto and we, we had him on our show, oh boy, several months ago talking about his pizza, Pizzeria Gemma in Montreal. And then he just opened up Vesta a few months ago. This is an all-natural fermentation uh, with his starter. And they're the only place in Quebec that's got a Marsal oven, which is kind of interesting. I've seen the Marsal. It's a gas-fired oven with a stone deck that uh, they have at Pizzeria Bibu here in Chicago, as well as Robert's Pizza Company. Does a great job. This is the first place in Quebec to get it. Um, I I did not love the fact that they're baking it on screens. Uh, you get that the sort of the fish scales underneath on the undercarriage and the skirt, but uh, it doesn't really fully bake directly on the stone. And just personally, I thought they overwhelmed it with cheese. I don't think it needed that much cheese. Shared that with uh, with the staff, but um, a, a nice crust certainly for sure. And then had a really remarkable Detroit style pizza in Toronto. Boy, was I impressed with Descendant over on Queen East, on the east side of Toronto. Uh, the owner there, Chris, I, you know, I was kicking myself. I did not bring my recorder with me to that lunch uh, with my friend Suresh Doss, who does food tours out in Toronto. By the way, look up Suresh. Uh, he's at Suresh on uh, Instagram if you want to do a tour with him uh, up in the 
and the burbs, but uh, Descendant is a great Detroit-style pizza, really reminiscent of what you'd have at Buddy's um, or Cloverleaf. Just a fantastic, beautiful, crispy frico around the edge. Um, just delicious. I had like three slices there. One was a, a, a curry. I had curry on it and a um, jerk chicken with pineapple. I don't really don't have pineapple. I've had pineapple out in Seattle at uh, Dave Lichterman's place at at Breezy Town Pizza, but because um, he roasts it first to to cook off some of the liquid, but it was a really great pizza. I had the standard the pepperoni. They're using the Etzo pepperoni from Columbus. Um, just a great, great pizza. So let's get back to the show. This week we're in Denver. We're talking to Jared Leonard. He's got a couple of concepts here called Budlong. It's a Nashville hot chicken joint, and he went out to Denver to do a project in Rhino, which is kind of this cool, super uber hip uh, arts district, about ten minutes outside of downtown. And it's called The Source, is this building that's got some cool coffee shops, um, a great Argentinian bakery. And I remember going there a couple of years ago uh, to eat in a Mexican place. That place has been replaced now by Grabowski's Pizzeria. There's an arcade upstairs, which will take you back to the 80s. And he is doing a Chicago-style pizza there. But but this is not your deep dish that you're thinking of. This is a tavern-style, thin, square-cut pizza. And it's kind of remarkable in that it's in this part of the country where you just don't see these pizzas at all. You see thin pizzas, you see chain pizzas, um, but you really don't see the tavern style. So we started right off with a discussion of, of how Jared got started here, how he got to Denver, and, and what is he trying to do at Grabowski's? Grabowski's Pizzeria is a Chicago-style classic pizzeria, but the lesser known but more popular style of pizza that we grew up eating in Chicago, thin crust tavern style pizza. Which people who listen to the podcast know very well I've ranted on and on about that style of pizza. All right, so I want to know your story, but you're, you're from Chicago, you, you grew up there, you've lived there, but you're in Denver now and you got like 18 restaurants in Chicago and Denver and you're living in two places. What, what's the story? Give me your background. So I grew up in Chicago and I started in the restaurant business there about 10 years ago with a barbecue joint. And we had that for six years before I branched off into doing Nashville-style hot chicken. That's called the Budlong Hot Chicken. I have five of those in Chicago. And then last year, two years ago, 2017, we had the opportunity to come out here to Denver to work on a project with a fellow restaurateur who was opening a food hall. You know, we're in Revival Food Hall in Chicago, so we thought it would be a good chance to come out here and, and open up a small stand in a food hall, be here for six months, and then go back home to tend to business back home and just fell in love with Colorado and have been sharing my love for Chicago-style food with the city ever since and bringing some of my hometown favorites, both this classic Chicago style and other restaurants I've done there, like the Budlong Hot Chicken and my barbecue joint I have now here as well. So, so where did you grow up specifically? Grew up in Des Plaines, right by O'Hare Airport. So, uh, you know, planes taking off and having to pause class for a minute every 30 minutes was very common for us. So. On the northwest side of the city, what kind of pizza were you having? So I grew up going to places like Barnaby's, a place called Romano's. It was all thin crust, usually 16 or 18 inch large pizzas, very cheesy, small square slices in the middle and crispy, again, you know, triangular corners of the square cut on the end, tavern style pizza. Underneath would it always be coarse cornmeal because I think Barnaby's was known for that. Yeah, and I think that's something that is a, a love-hate and I grew up with it, so I love having the cornmeal underneath. I like the sweet notes that it adds to the cr to the crust. There's a little bit of agave in our dough, so we lean into that sweet flavor of a Chicago a Chicago profile a little bit. And I think the cornmeal goes really well with that. Like you're trying to be this ambassador for Chicago pizza, and yet people think that you're going to serve deep dish. 
Yeah, so I'm going to tell the whole story if that's okay. So I've, I love pizza. It's been my favorite food since I was a kid. Uh, again, growing up on just cheesy slices into being an adult loving Neapolitan-style pizza. I have a wood-fired pizza oven at my house. I travel to eat pizza. It's just, it's literally my favorite food. But this is restaurant number 10, and I've never told my pizza story before. So, you know, over the years, I'd always thought that, like, pizza would be, maybe be my retirement job. I know that sounds funny, but for a restaurant guy who likes chaos, retirement is owning one restaurant that's only open limited hours. Like, that's, I don't want to ever not work, but that would be not working for me, right? So, uh, you know, but looking through the, thinking through the mechanics of that, that's just not a realistic thing for me to do, the Neapolitan style. Just with all the other restaurant projects that I have going on, I would want to want, I would want to be the one at the oven all the time. So uh, being out here in Denver, it was spring of this year, and Giordano's had just opened up down here on 16th Street Mall, which is like Michigan Avenue. Now, for those who don't know what Giordano's is, that's a stuffed pizza, not a deep dish. It does say on their tagline, Chicago's famous stuffed pie, and that has the second layer of dough across the top, topped with sauce, and the, the style of pizza that most New Yorkers will say is the lasagna in a bread bowl or the above-ground outdoor pool. Continue. So they opened up this Giordano's down on 16th Street, and I actually met the guy who opened it, and I was talking numbers with him. Blew me away. I mean, they are, and they still are. They've only, this is earlier this year, so they're still killing it. And good for them. I, I want all restaurants to do well, because whether it's a big restaurant or a small restaurant, everyone works hard, and so I like to see people doing well. However, it did raise the, I don't know what to call it, the, the, just the sense in me of like, all of these people love this thing that we don't even eat. You know, and they're calling it Chicago and celebrating my city, but eating something that truly we don't really eat coming from Chicago, whether it's the suburbs or the city, the more commonly, as you, I don't have to tell you, but the more commonly consumed style of pizza, like the every week pizza, is this tavern style. And, just to, and also to clarify one thing, Giordano started in 74. Uh, Nancy started in 71 doing the stuffed. So if you're gonna really sort of claim origin story status, I think you've gotta give it to Nancy's. But you're right, most locals, and certainly people who grew up before 19, you know, in the 70s, were not eating stuffed pizza anyway. But like I said, I walked by the Giordano's um, off Michigan Avenue last week, and I, I could not believe how many people are outside. It was like you know, my, my young teenage daughter waiting for One Direction. It was just insane outside. Yeah, I mean, we were. I was in Chicago last week, and we walked by Garrett's Popcorn at 10 o'clock at night, and there was 100 people in there. And, and again, that's great. I love that people are celebrating things that are iconic, and I don't want to take away from Giordano's and say that they are not iconic Chicago, because they're part of Chicago's story. Oh, for sure. Very much. They're just not what my family ever ate growing up. We also don't hang out at Navy Pier. So you're saying to yourself, like as a Chicagoan, born and bred, northwest side, you see this guy in Denver who's killing it with the stuffed pizza, yeah. and now I'm thinking of like the movie um, Big Night, where the guy down the street is killing it with like the the red sauce, and the artisan is like, why why won't people come here? So are you thinking to yourself, like I gotta I gotta create a, like a real taste of Chicago here? Sort of. It started off with just casual chatter, you know, people asking me like, oh, have you been to the Giordano's? Doesn't it remind you of home? And I would oh. say, no, it, it absolutely doesn't remind me of home, not even a little bit. We don't eat that style of pizza. I, I get into arguments with people. These are people who are not from Chicago, and they would argue with me red in the face. I go to Chicago every year. They have Cubs hats and Cubs shirts because Chicago is a beloved city across the country. I would say like New York, it's, people like to be bandwagony with New York, wear the New York hats, and it's easy to like the Yankees because they're in the World Series every year or whatever else. But Chicago is a lovable city. So, you know, WGN's a national channel. People watch the Cubs. 
So, so when people think they know about Chicago, they get passionate about it, even if they're not from there, which I love. But I would get in these arguments with people who aren't from there, who go there annually, and it would say, I know what I'm talking about. I eat deep dish pizza. I eat stuffed pizza every time I go there. I've never even had this pizza you're talking about that's cut into squares. It's like meeting somebody from Australia and saying, you want to go to Outback Steakhouse for a taste of home. Yes, it's exactly. Yeah. It's a great analogy. So that's where it sort of started brewing that, like, you know, Denver needs a thin crust Chicago-style pizza. And I had tried. There's two places locally doing thin crust tavern cut. Uh, you know, and I know that those are different. Thin crust and tavern cut are different, but they're both cut into squares traditionally in, in Chicago. Am I, am I right on that? Am yeah, I well, there's a turn? thin crust in Chicago that is just a standard wedge cut with a pronounced sort of exposed heel. And then there is that really thin and crispy tavern style we call Chicago thin, which is intended really to be a snack, not yes. a meal. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, you read the legend that it was served at bars as a snack so people wouldn't go home and eat, or they would eat a first meal and a second meal, or a snack and then a meal. Well, it was the bartenders who wanted to get people to buy more beer, so they give them something salty to eat, knowing that they're still going to go home for dinner, but this way they'd have a couple of squares and then a couple of beers, and they would sell more beers. Yeah, and it's the etymology of the name... Grabowski's, it's really tied into that bar culture too, because I tell people Chicago Tavern Pizza isn't really Italian. I would you agree on that? It's absolutely. It's immigrant driven, but bar owners were Irish, they were Polish, they were Czech. Wasn't Grabowski kind of a, an informal sort of catch-all name that a famous writer, or maybe it was Ditka, that referred to the fans, Bears fans? It was the team. So Jim Grabowski was a player in the 70s for the Bears, and he was just this tough-as-nails guy. But when we talk about tough Chicagoans, they also smile. They're not like hard-ass New Yorkers that are just rude to everybody. That's I don't want to start a New York-Chicago fight. But tough Chicago people are also like like warm-hearted. You know, that's a really unique feature of our city. And Jim Grabowski was that way. He was a, a Polish guy, you know, first, probably second generation, played for the Bears, and he was a tall, broad-shouldered guy, but he was always smiling, but when it came time to play, he was in the mud. He wasn't a Smith, he was a Grabowski, is what Dick actually said. You know, a reporter was interviewing Ditka about the team in 85, and he would say, how would you best describe your 85 Bears? And Ditka had this great ability to be sarcastic and serious with a straight face, and he just had this really interesting, dry sense of humor, still does. And... And he just looked right back at the reporter and he said, you know, these guys are a bunch of Grabowskis. Some teams are Smiths. These guys are Grabowskis. And it's amazing how Chicagoans still talking about the 85 Bears 35 years later. All right, we're going to take a break. We're talking to Jared Leonard here at uh, Grabowskis in Denver at The Source. Uh, We're going to take a break. We're going to talk about some of the specifics and how you make a Chicago tavern-style pie here a mile above sea level. Uh, Then we're going to also preview some scenes from our next show coming up in two weeks. So stay with us. Welcome back, everybody. We're talking with Jared Leonard, the owner, founder of Grabowski's Pizzeria here at The Source, which is a kind of a a marketplace, if you will, in Denver in the Rhino District. Kind of this, he was referring to it as kind of like the the West Loop or maybe the meatpacking district, if you will, of Denver. And we said in our last segment, you know, you're a Chicago boy, northwest side, you come to Denver, you don't see, you see an opportunity, obviously, a market opportunity for this style of pizza. So the first thing you do is you get your flour from Minnesota, right? (laughs) <laughs> That's funny. So yeah, the, our flour is Sarasota, 
and it's an AP flour that most of the pizzerias in the 50s and 60s in Chicago used. That's all-purpose, by the way. Yeah, sorry, all-purpose. It's a 14% flour, so it's high gluten. It makes it helps make a really crispy crust. Yeah, you, you don't hand open these pizzas; they would just tear if you try to do that. So you you open the crust, you open the dough balls on a sheeter, and uh, make it nice and thin. But yeah, it starts out with the just classic ingredients, and I wouldn't even call any of them gourmet, but they are definitely artisan in the way that they're selected. They're, they're, we selected it for a specific reason. So you, you mix your dough in a little, obviously a big Hobart industrial mixer. You let it proof overnight like a bulk fermentation? Yep, so we do a bulk proof overnight and the balls are dough, the dough, the dough is balled out to specific weights based on sizes. Ours is eight ounces for a 12 inch pie, 12 ounces for a 16 inch pie, and then they go back into proofing boxes for another overnight rest. So it's a two day dough. On the third day, we, uh, you take the balls out. We're going to slack them out at room temperature. You don't want to sheet cold pizza dough. It tears it. It doesn't make it, you know, you, you want to have it about room temperature before you put it through the sheeter. We have a really old industrial sheeter that if you put your hand in it, it will break all of your bones in your hand. So you sheet the dough out into circles. It's very thin, right? You have it set to a certain setting. You go through two times through the sheeter? Yeah, it's a two-pass sheeter. So the first pass is getting it to, I don't know the measurements, it's gonna be millimeters. And then the second pass is what takes it to a very, very thin thin crust. And a little bit of a hand stretch? A Little bit, because we want to even it out. So you put it on the back of your knuckles, you don't ever want to finger it, you, you poke holes in it that way. We just saw that at another pizzeria we visited, we won't mention names, but don't poke holes in your pizza dough, kids at home. Then you're onto a wooden uh, pizza peel. Onto a pizza peel with, with cornmeal. With cornmeal on the bottom first. Yeah. And so, again, the cornmeal originally was like an anti-sticking agent. I don't think it was ever intentionally meant to be a flavor component. But if you grew up eating it, 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 it becomes a flavor component because it does add a different textural mouthfeel and then that little bit of sweetness from the corn. Absolutely. La Briola uses it. Barnaby's uses it. A lot of places claim to have a cornmeal crust. Uh, which is BS, but the coarse cornmeal underneath is very, very Chicago, very Midwestern, I think. And I love it to be like real coarse. So when we started doing trials, I even tried polenta. The thing with the polenta is it's such a coarse ground corn is that it actually pokes holes in the dough when we sheet it that thin. But I really like a coarse because there's medium and fine ground and, you know, you can buy Anson Mills fancy corn grits and all of this other stuff. But it's a, I, uh, we're, we're using a medium is what we went to because the coarse actually would poke holes in the dough. Sauce first. We're using Stanislaus tomatoes, which are like the North American version of a San Marzano. They're grown in Modesto, California meant to imitate a San Marzano tomato. Add anything to it, salt, basil? Yep, salt and pepper, oregano, some Italian herbs and seasoning, a little bit of agave. That's a kind of a south side thing, that sweet sauce, but I find that a lot of the tavern joints have just a little bit of sweetness in their sauce. And You're absolutely right, by the way. We talk about this on our tours. The south side of Chicago loves a sweeter sauce. Yeah, and I didn't go as far as some of the south side places. It's just Good. a kiss of that sweetness, you know? And it's agave, so I feel like it's a little bit easier on the mouth where if you just put sugar, like white sugar, and like you got to remember, these places that were open 50 years ago didn't have agave in their kitchen. <laughs> these were like, you know, I'm sure they were using sugar. We, I tried honey, I tried agave. We did a lot of trial and error. I had a consult, pizza consultant in, Professor Pizza, Anthony Scardino, shout out to him. Coming up with the modern way to do this, but also thinking back to like, were they really doing this in the 50s in some alley kitchen? I don't know, I always like to think of that story, like how did they start doing it like this? Was it science or was it practicality and process that became 
why it tastes a certain way, but it wasn't intended to be that way. Do you know what I mean? So what's your sausage story? So yeah, the sausage in Chicago is real fennel heavy. So Greco just came out here to the Chicago market. So they came by, of course, and said, hey, we want to be your provider for your cheese, which is the most expensive ingredient on the pizza, but also your sausage. Tried their sausage. It was great. I know Greco. I know their sausage in Chicago. Had another local company who said, hey, let me spec it out to how you like it. And I said, cool, bring me a sample with a lot of fennel in it. They brought me the sample. I said, no, more fennel. Three times, we kept going back. The guy brought it back. He said, there's so much fennel in this sausage. There's no one would possibly want to eat this. And I said, this is what it tastes like in Chicago. This is, you could probably, I even put fennel pollen on top of my pizza. Like, I just really like the fennel. And you put the sausage, I'm sorry, and I forgot the cheese. You do cheese on the sauce first, right? And you're not putting on shreds. Usually you said grande mozzarella, but you like the slices just so you can control um, how much you're putting on the pizza. Yeah, portion control, you know, because one handful of cheese is different for, uh, you know, it depends on the size of your hand, right? And if we're weighing out each portion, that takes a lot of time. So Anthony, one of the things he taught me is he said, slice your cheese, get in the whole block of grande. Grande doesn't sell pre-sliced cheese that's the whole milk, low skim or low moisture uh, mozzarella. So we bring it in in blocks and we slice it off for part of our prep. And each slice weighs 1.4 ounces-ish, which is a lot, it's a heavy cheese pizza. I will, you, you mentioned on that, it's a lot of cheese, that's just what I like. And then it goes right into the oven. Yep. Steel deck, or no, stones on top of a steel deck. Yeah, stones on top of expanded metal. The expanded metal is really just the shelf that it came with, and then we have stones on top of that expanded metal, so. It goes on there for 12 minutes yep. on the rotator. Then it comes out and then you finish it. Yep, so it comes out and then we use this like Gingsu big chopper sword thingy to double handled long pizza knife. The rollers we found push ingredients, especially with all those vegetables. And, and I know that my, my classic style is a Chicago style, but we're in Colorado. A lot of people like vegetables. So we have a Supreme and we have mushrooms and green peppers and it's all fresh. Everything's prepared daily fresh. Don't you worry about putting too many ingredients though on a very thin pizza? I do. I don't, I don't order the vegetable pizza or the mushroom pizza. I do, I do pepperoni and mushrooms. You finish with just a little parm or dried oregano or anything? Yeah, we do a pizza spice, so we blend that. It's like Italian spices like basil and oregano, a little bit of garlic salt, and then also some dried parm on every, every pizza. When you're at this elevation, I know baking is a challenge. Recipes are written differently for people who bake because of the oven temperature or because of the, the proofing time. How does that affect what you're doing here? Because it's such a thin crust, it doesn't affect it much. We don't look for a rise at all on our pizza. So whenever you're expecting something to rise, the higher elevation, I'm sure you know this, but just for the listeners, the active, the, the leavening, activating or active ingredients actually leaven faster. So like if you're baking a cake, it will bake all the way up and pop and then fall again because baking powder, baking soda, and yeast to an extent activate faster at higher elevations. This is my favorite style of pizza right now, this tavern cut, because it reminds me of my youth and it's really delicious and you can't get it. When I've lived out of states, there have been years that have gone by that I haven't eaten this style of pizza because they don't have it everywhere. Last question we ask everybody on the podcast, knowing what you know now about pizza making, because you've done a lot of R&D on this project here, what would you tell yourself two years ago, three years ago, before you jumped into this head first? The thing that I had the hardest time with on the line, I don't know if this directly answers your question, but it takes a long time to cook pizzas. Everything else I do is QSR, fast casual, chicken, uh, barbecue. Our ticket times are like five minutes. It takes 12 minutes to bake this style of pizza. It's not Neapolitan. It's not baked at 900 degrees. So 15 to 20 minute ticket time. So luckily we designed this concept to be a sit down concept. If you were to do this in a QSR environment where people order and then sit and wait to take it with them, it's 20 minutes, you know, like that's the ticket times are slow. 
you're baking at 475, and if you went to 550, it would be a different situation. Yeah, and it still would be nine or 10 minutes. You know, it's just like the, the, the speed game here is how fast can you build the pizzas? So like my guys in the kitchen, our timer is three minutes. Like when it, the pizza should be built three minutes within three minutes of when it was ordered. So there's no like lollygagging and, and shop talk and side work. Like the ticket comes in and we have a buzzer and boom, start making that pizza. First couple nights we were open, we were a little bit more relaxed about starting to make the orders. And if you're seven minutes in before you launch it, now you're at 22 minutes for your for your pizza takeout time. And you gotta be like 15, 16 minutes even for a pizza. Well, listen, I appreciate what you're doing on behalf of Chicagoans everywhere, spreading the gospel of the true Chicago style pizza, which is tavern thin square cut if you're in denver come out to the source here in the rhino uh, district or rhino neighborhood uh, and come see jared uh, and the team over at grabowski's pizzeria jared leonard thank you so much yeah thanks for having me Coming up in two weeks, a trip to one of the nation's only pizza schools where would-be pizzaiolos learn everything necessary to open their own place. I'll talk with Leo Spitziri, the founder of the North American Pizza and Culinary Academy. That's in two weeks on December 6th. Remember to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. We are at Pizza City USA on Instagram. And for more information about the book and our weekly tours, you can check us out at PizzaCityUSA.com. On all social media, by the way, I'm at Steve Dolinsky with a Y. Bureaucratic wrote and performed our theme song. And next time you're in Chicago, check out Revival Food Hall in The Loop, where Dante's Pizza is currently baking its New York-style slices through the end of December. Thanks for listening, everybody. And here's wishing you an optimal bite ratio, always. <laughs>